0: Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Hollerbach. This is Highway Diary, episode 390 with Nick Nitoli. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, Klaus Schwab Jr. finally booked one guest, you know, so he's the bane of my existence, but he actually just like sent me some of your information and, you know. Awesome. um, I appreciate it. I want to go over some breaking news that's really important to me um dr reiner fulmick uh to be clear is a german who is board certified in germany and california and um he's always gone after the big guy he sued uh auto manufacturers when he found that they were faking their emissions trials like he's like old he's been a lawyer for like 30 years he was arrested in the mexican in mexico at the german embassy and extradited back to germany because he's trying to be a naughty boy buck the system and call out nuremberg 2.0 for all this evidence he gathered about the covid-19 lockdown situation now i just a few points of order vice magazine has recently filed for bankruptcy i saw vice magazine was on my google feed today Conspiracy theorist Reiner Fulmich, COVID denier. No, no, no. Season thirty-year lawyer who's gathered actionable intelligence and legal discovery about the financial chicanery around COVID. So then people like invest in in him to get this lawsuit going, and then the German government probably sends him the money with via agents. And now they say, oh, we mishandled the appropriation of the funds. Well, he probably got death threats. He escaped to Mexico. He needed to update his passport at the German fucking embassy. And boom, they the, a bunch of creeps and weirdos grab him and send him back to Germany to hold trial for trying to gather evidence about the COVID scam. Who, who, who actually reported on this besides Vice? um i saw it on benjaminfulford.net uh he's a buddy of mine he's a tokyo journalist but then i also saw it on before it's news and a button snopes and a bunch of uh, not snopes um uh, yeah not snopes uh, what's it called substack, substack. but it's not,
1: it's not mainstream news right now
0: oh yeah vice is it's on mainstream news that a conspiracy theorist was arrested that's mainstream interesting interesting man so, uh, sorry, I just like, you know, you think that the system is fair. You think that the best comedian, for example, gets through, sometimes the best musician gets through the system, but um, you were in, you know, where are you from and how did you get into the music scene and how did you start to feel like there was something really wrong here?
1: Uh, So my grandparents wrote a song for Frank Sinatra like way back in the day. Um, So that's kind of where the the Natoli journey in music began. Um, And then I was like playing guitar in like punk rock bands all my life, writing my own songs. And I got um, on a Bravo reality TV show called Bravo's Platinum Hit in 2011. And that was kind of like my foot into the industry. I got on national TV. I got some reality fame from it. And then I started producing um, to make money in Hollywood and ended up like producing for uh, and writing for artists like Snoop Dogg. French Montana, YG, a lot of mainstream acts uh, and Corey Feldman and pivoted that into um, a publishing deal with Warner Chapel Music Publishing in 2018. And then they gave me my own studio and I was trying to be an artist the whole time. So then I started making my music, which was very controversial. Um, A lot of stuff about, you know, Illuminati, Freemasons, Reptilians, um, uh, Deep Underground military bases and stuff like that. So I kind of got shelved by Warner um, and just kind of kept trudging through this uh, crazy thing called the music industry and ended up linking with guys like Forge Blow and Jimmy Levy and had my first real hit with Boycott Target um, this year. So I when did I realize that the music industry was a fucking satanic cult early on, um, you know, but, I, you know, it, it didn't really it's, it's the occult and the, the occult, the word means hidden. So it wasn't exactly like it was at the forefront it was occulted you know it was obfuscated i had to kind of like look behind um some some walls to see what was actually going on so it took me some time but uh pretty early on i knew that the people at the top of the pyramid the people that make the decisions in the music industry didn't have my best interests and really wanted the most deplorable music from me and that's the stuff that really circulated to the top so early on man I, i've been to some places i've seen some things i've been to some parties um also known as rituals and uh seen some crazy stuff in the industry man so that kind of helped me turn my music and make it more you know political and make it more uh, Mm, anti-mainstream
0: yeah can you go what can you say about the parties that you were involved in ritual so there's so just you know, we got Freemasons that then have their own mansion and then kind of take a little piece of one of the rituals and then make it a whole party.
1: Is that what we're kind of talking about? Yeah, man, it's pretty crazy. Like, you know, because I'm I, I I entered the music industry as a researcher, as somebody who was kind of already you know fascinated with the occult, fascinated with the esoteric and stuff. So for me. That part of me kind of got pushed to the back when my, my pineal gland was focused on success and making money. And, and, and that's where I, I was, that's where my mind state was. And so I started winning in the music industry. Like I said, I started writing for big artists and get g- gaining publishing deals and gaining a lot of money. And so that kind of made my research go to the back of my mind and not really be focused on it. And then something just kind of clicked where it's like all the research that I had done previously, all the Alex Jones, InfoWars, David Icke, all this stuff just came rushing back to me. And I started researching where I was and what kind of studios, you know, the locations of places. And that's where it's really creepy. You'll find yourself, you know, working at a studio for a year and like, oh, I didn't know that there was a launch like directly down the street or that the building that is now a studio is a conduit. And that it's actually, it used to be a, you know, Freemasonic free lodge or a satanic church or the owners of the buildings are, you know, if you go back far enough, um, you know, go all the way back to the Rockefellers, go back to the Rothschilds. These are the people that actually own some of the places that I was working in Hollywood. Um, Jim Henson Studios has a lot of creepy history. That's where I made most of my music uh, in Hollywood. So, you know, as a researcher, I started to research those things, connect the dots and yeah, some scary fucking things, man, There's some scary places in Hollywood.
0: This is what Freemasons say of themselves. Freemasonry is a peculiar system of morality veiled in allegory and illustrated by symbols. Peculiar system of morality. So what they're saying is there's no good or evil. It's just whatever I can get away with. Try and stop hundred, me. Try and stop yeah. me, bitch.
1: A hundred percent. And I re- I refer people to read Albert Pike's uh, Morals and Dogma and and kind of just read, you know, people that are Freemasons that have been Freemasons for a long time. Read what they say. Read what they put on paper. Um, You know, look into people like Aleister Crowley and look into, you know, how many people actually worship Aleister Crowley in Hollywood. You know, the, these people, they all kind of c- circulate back to one place. A lot of them are are delved in darkness, but have different ave- avenues. Um, you know, some people are are obsessed with, like I said, Aleister Crowley. Some people are obsessed with Albert Pike, um, but they all kind of meet in the middle in the in the sense that they don't have the American public's best interest. They're culting things from the American public on a daily basis, and you know, Illuminati means holders of the light. Well, what is the light? We're talking about knowledge. It all goes back to just being in the know. That's what these people really pride themselves on. These people, and I've been around a lot of them, they don't really gloat about their money. They don't really... They care about power, yeah, but they're not talking about their money. They're talking about their knowledge. That's what is power to them. They're talking about, you know, how much do I know and how much does the American people think they know? And that's where the ego comes in. That's where their, like, you know, boastful pride comes from. It's from knowing more about... Everything, you know, from the way this country was constructed to, the you know, the Freemasonic ma- free uh, floor p- plans, uh, you know, in Washington, D.C. and stuff like that. Like, they're laughing at us. And rightfully so, because the American, the average American doesn't want to do this research. They don't want to sit and watch an eight hour video on morals and dogma. They don't want to they don't want to learn this stuff. You know, they just want their entertainment. They want to be you know, spoon fed. And that's where the Illuminati Freemasons of uh, the occult really that's why they hate us mm.
0: yeah what can i get away with you know like uh tafari campbell died on uh martha's vineyard Yeah, i got they got away with it they got oh. away with it the obamas oh. they just killed her oh snorg. uh he was uh paddle boarding okay well he's dead now yeah we got <laughs> away with it fuck you um so there's this lady I became interested in. Speaking of what the creeps can get away with, um, this lady called Merle Nas lost her license, her um, her medical license as an internist for prescribing ivermectin to a COVID-19 patient in a hospital during the pandemic. Oh wow. Um, so let me just say what she has said. This is Merle Nas. Sure.
2: We're undergoing a soft coup, and the idea is to create a whole new set of laws and ignore the existing human rights laws and other laws under the pretext of pandemic preparedness and the biosecurity agenda. The WHO is developing through all its nations, but with the WHO directorate in the United States in charge, a pandemic treaty and amendments to the existing international health regulations that will remove the human rights protections currently um, embedded in the IHRs will enforce surveillance, censorship, get rid of freedom of speech, require governments to censor and only push a single narrative. Also, we will be sub- subject, if if they can make this work, to vaccines developed in 100 days, which the organization CEPI is planning to do. And one of the people who founded SEPI was Jeremy Farrar, who is now the chief scientist at the WHO, to bring this forward. Um, other things that uh, the amendments do is to bind the state so they are no longer recommendations, but enforceable edicts, uh, provide a liability shield. Get rid of intellectual property rights, move supplies from one country to another, um, enforce digital passports, and the director general of WHO can demand that a pandemic or a potential pandemic exists. He can just declare it with no standards, and then countries around the world will have to obey.
0: This is like, if you just bring this to dating, okay, let's just, let's take the medical system out of this. This is dating, okay? Um, you're trying to gain a function 70 blowjobs for taking <laughs> a girl to the Chick-fil-A. Okay? So, like, there's there's no more consent. There's no more free will. There's no more anything. I'm going to give you 100 days notice when you show up to the Chick-fil-A. You don't have a choice. I'm going to get you a two-piece and a biscuit. After which time... You will gobble my hog 50 times. It will be injected into your throat against (laughs) your will. This is how, and then I'm going to stamp you with a digital ID and remove your freedom of speech, blah, 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 blah to the press. This is the dating equivalent of how the government is trying to gain a function, the fucking narrative, what we put in our own fucking bodies. A Volkswagen takes 10 years of crash testing before it goes on the road. That's the safety regulations to make sure that the Volkswagen, if it's hit from this (laughs) side, if it's hit from this side, 10 years for a fucking car to hit the road.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, it's the first time that they have come for our bodies. I mean, people will say there was like, you know, there was a measles vaccine and there was this vaccine. Like, no, man. This is the first time that the control isn't just on the road and what you can say and what kind of music you're putting out. This is the first time they've said, I physically want your body. I'm physically coming for you. And me as a conspiracy theorist, I believe that will happen when these DARPA cop robots come out and actually take people into physical custody and throw us all into fucking FEMA camps, whatever their plan is. But... This is the first time on a global spectrum that they said, we're coming for what you have physically, your your DNA, your blood. We're coming for it. And so I think it's a very interesting time to be alive because it's never really happened in the history of this country before. And I think that it's a step in obviously the wrong direction. But for them, it's like their first big step. I think that COVID was a... Uh, a uh, like an, uh, it was a test. They were testing to see how many people will comply, who the conspiracy theorists are, who the keyboard warriors are, and it's a data collection system to where they're ready for the next time they actually really come hard as fuck with it. And uh, yeah, I think this was all just like a test. It's like a, it's like a trial run.
0: Speaking of trial runs, uh, Debbie Washerman Schultz successfully stole the election from Bernie Sanders, who won the primary in 2016, and gave it to Hillary Clinton. So that was a beta test with Debbie Washerman Schultz as the bulldog of the DNC. Um, RFK Jr. was trying to get um, on the ballot with uh, against opposing Biden for the primary to see if he can get the DNC nomination. This is how Debbie Wasserman Schultz treated RFK Jr. on the stand when he was filed the paperwork.
2: I have a unanimous. A uh, lady from California is recognized for unanimous. My majority counterparts have repeatedly cited a district court opinion from Louisiana, and I would like to introduce for the record, the Fifth Circuit order staying that opinion almost as soon as it was issued. Objection. The chair now recognizes the gentleman. Mid- from- Point
0: of order, Mr. Chairman. G- gentleman from New York's recognized. Um the distinguished gentlelady from New York mentioned a,
1: a poll. Um I would just ask that she I
0: hold on. Sorry, let me uh, fast forward a little bit. Um so my apologies.
1: <laughs> People somehow manage to avoid a deadly illness that targets other groups
0: for death. You do see that, yes or no? You're misstating. No, 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 uh, no, you I are, quoted. I quoted what you said earlier, and it, it is directly what you said. So just ask. Uh, no, yeah, well, no.
2: I was. I was describing an
0: NIH-funded study. No, no, no. You didn't cite. Any. I was. As, right. I was describing an NIH-funded study by Cleveland Clinic. my time. We're... So he's. He's just trying. She's trying to rake him over the coals for COVID. He's saying I. I quoted your own study you're she's like you're wasting my time gaslighting yep. 1000 percent narcissistic gaslighting then she's like you're wasting my time anyway let me talk about how much you hate jews so then she <laughs> reads this quote completely out of context where he he said some what I, it was like recorded at a dinner party it wasn't like on the record and right. it was just like Everything she was doing was just these bully, classic narcissist, sorry, classic narcissist uh, personality disorder, like uh, ways of gaslighting to gain a function, him not saying a goddamn word in his own defense so that she can run interference for the creeps and weirdos who run the DNC.
1: Yeah, man, listen, I'm a huge JFK supporter. I've got a tattoo of JFK on my right arm. I love the Kennedys. I love what they stood for. I just, I, I don't put much faith into Robert Kennedy because of his voice. I hate to be the guy to say that, elephant in the room, but because, you know, he sounds the way he does, he, he's I don't think he's ever going to get a really strong position in American politics. Um, so I, I love his stance. I love his stance on the vaccine. Um, you know, guy keeps his body in shape. He looks great. Um, but unfortunately, like, we need somebody who can not only speak, but speak to the hearts and minds of Americans and really make them feel impacted. And because of his lack of vocal ability, I just think it's a wash. You know, people are like, Oh, I can't believe you say that, but I just think it's something that needs to be said.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a poor, that's a problem. It's like, you know, I, I know, but I understand the optics and I understand that you're a music guy in an audio file. And so, you know, you, you care about what goes in your ears.
1: So we, could, we can only edit him so much, man. I can only put so much auto-tune on that guy's voice. He just, you know, I, I hope he gets in a position where he can help. You know what I mean? But as far as him for president, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You know? Yeah, I saw him
0: debating Alan Dershowitz. And at the beginning of the thing, he he said very clearly, I wanted this to be at 4 p.m.s because that's when my voice is the best. And Uh Alan made him say, "Oh, made him do it at 9 a.m. when his voice was worse.
1: Sneaky, sneaky Dershowitz. What a little
0: piece of shit that Alan Dershowitz is. Um, And they debated the whole COVID agenda. Meanwhile, Dershowitz goes to Epstein's Island. Fuck you, Alan Dershowitz. I would beat you in a fistfight. You met the Trumps or you met uh, Trump Jr. Uh, What was that all about? How did you do that?
1: I went to uh, Reawaken America with Clay Clark. Um, it's a like a countrywide tour that they do with a bunch of great speakers. Um, I got to meet Roseanne Barr, um, Donald Trump Jr. I got to meet Roger, uh, Roger Stone. Um, I met um, uh, Donald's wife, Kimberly. A bunch of people were there. And uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy, man, because I walked up to Donald Trump Jr. And I was like, you know, I'm Nick Natoli. I had the Boycott Target song. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, I love that song. And I was like, are you serious? You know who I am? Fucking crazy. But, um, yeah, I got a photo with him. I got to talk to him for a little bit. I got to meet General Flynn, which was really cool. Um, A lot of these guys, man, I really respect, you know, what they put on paper, uh, what they say. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you're curious to see how they are behind the scenes. And I was only um, reinstilled in my belief that they're really good guys. So, um, you know, I'm a big Q guy. I really kind of went, you know, full blown when that whole stuff was going on, Um, because as a conspiracy theorist, I know that a lot of what, you know, Q was saying was real. It's not like there's a question. He's talking about the fucking towers being an inside job. He's talking about reptilians, you know, and bloodlines running this country. So I'm like, a lot of this is real. Whether or not there's a military action that's coming to save our, you know, and Trump's the savior, that's up for debate. But, you know, a lot of this stuff is real. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Adrenochrome, all this stuff that's fucking real. So I just, you know, I, I, I still align with that stuff. By the way,
0: um, this is hibiscus, okay? Hib- awesome. You know, I don't know what Klaus Jr. leaves in my uh, refrigerator half the time, though. <laughs> but when you were talking to Donald, you got Trump Jr. there. Um, Did you ask him any Q questions? You know, were you able to? It was just you were no. like on a on an assembly line getting a handshake.
1: Yeah, no, it was actually we were just all backstage and there there was like a couple of people, obviously, that wanted to talk to him. But I was just like right behind him. I was like, that's fucking Donald Trump Jr. I'm walking up and getting a photo and talking to this guy. But um, out of respect, I didn't ask, you know, General Flynn would probably be the guy to ask. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't want to like get blacklisted and never be able to talk to those guys again or something. But here's what I will say my buddy um chad drew this amazing picture of uh general flynn it's a portrait and it has the q sign in it and chad is like a full-blown q guy and he uh uh, both donald trump jr and general flynn got up and spoke in front of this painting that has the q symbol on it and they were passing out uh, fires and stuff and it was all uh all with the stuff so i just found that to be very interesting and um i I feel like if they if they they had no interest in the q thing they'd be like hey get that fucking painting down i'm not getting up and performing in front of it um you know trump himself has kind of like endorsed q so i i don't know man we'll see what happens you know i think it's like their plausible deniability
0: way to leak out stuff that's driving them fucking nuts from within the system that's what it seems like to me um if they're like Hey, by the way, Debbie Washman Schultz stole the election. Anyway, that's interesting. What about the Twin Towers? These yeah. fucking creeps are drinking Adrenochrome, that's weird. I had um, you know, I lived in Los Angeles for 6 years and I worked for a guy who started Big Brother and he just casually said, "Oh, you know, by the way, uh, yeah, Brian Singer had a little pedo party last night with 13-year-old naked boys in his fucking pool." Anyway, let's work on this scene. The next paycheck I got was like double or quadruple and i was so dumb that i complained but i think i was like hey i wasn't supposed to get this i was supposed to get this and they were like all right give it back huh
1: what were you doing what kind of work
0: i was a story assistant oh okay um and uh on a reality show and uh uh, and i'm sorry on big brother no it was called if i can dream it was hulu's first show okay but it was the cool. producer from Big Brother was the producer. There. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, oh, by the way, this happened anyway. So I had a friendly relation with him because he liked me because I did work extra hours. That I wasn't billed for. And so I did. I was very curious about his knowledge as well, about how he he was there making the reality show with the editor. Like he was the main driver of the story. Produ- he was the story producer. Okay, And I had a great relationship with him. And I, I went on to get my master in screenwriting maybe partially because I wanted to sharpen some of the skills that he showed me. Our friendship completely dissolved after he got vaccinated and posted a picture of him with like brainwashy sunglasses on. And I was just like brainwashed. And he was like, oh, yeah. And it's like, um, it's weird how no matter how high he is in the chain of show business, I looked up to him as kind of a mentor for a long time. But sure. at the end of the day, he's just uh, an NPC parade. Uh, you know, how has it been since you've been vocal about your opinions being a Trump supporter in Los Angeles? And h- how has that been with you, with music people and industry people?
1: It's the funniest thing, because before the like Trump parade came rolling into Hollywood and everywhere else in this country, I was just a conspiracy theorist. I would talk about, hey, what happened to Building 7? No planes hit it. You know what I mean? Like... Crazy how the Pentagon looks like it got hit by a missile. I would say all this kind of stuff. Reptilian aliens are fucking, you know, taking over and stuff. Nobody gave a fuck. The moment that I started supporting Donald Trump, people started messaging me all from all over the world because I, I did a BBC special on about QAnon. So I was like, I got broadcasted to like four million subscribers on BBC's YouTube. They put it on BBC TV. Um, and so and I started getting messages from people like, aren't you scared? Aren't you worried? And I was like, about what? And they're like, you can't you know, talk about the Clintons. You can't uh, talk about um, being pro-Donald Trump. And that was like way more offensive to people than anything. Then I had my record label bring me in for a meeting the day after I dropped a pro-Trump music video and basically talk about the option of possibly dropping me, dropping me from being uh, part of this management deal that I had and all this stuff. And I just basically told them like, If that happened, it'd be complete harassment. And I I would sue like like crazy because it's completely unlawful. And uh, I've done nothing wrong here. So the backlash from being a Donald Trump supporter was worse than any other backlash I've ever gotten in my life, ever.
0: Yeah, it's like, hey, um, they stole the election and the Clintons eat babies. Uh, Whatever. I like Trump. What? Yeah. People are so dumb. They're exactly. so unbearably dumb. It's like, okay, so, like Hunter Biden is just doing coke orgies in the Lincoln bedroom, just like <laughs> shitting in hookers' mouths. Whatever, you know <laughs> what I mean?
1: It's just um, like, <laughs> real quick, just to touch on that Brian Singer situation. I I can't talk about this on air. Um, if we have a personal conversation off, off the record, I'll let you know exactly what happened. But I know that Brian Singer stuff is real. And I know certain parties that were involved with Brian Singer from a personal experience that verifies everything that they said. Uh, there was a documentary that came out about it and they talked all about it. I forget the name of it. It was really powerful. Um, and Brian Singer was named in that documentary. But um, I, I so when that stuff comes up, there's no question in my mind because I physically was around some stuff that connects directly back to it. And I know I know it's real. So just so you're aware, like that shit is you're, you're on the right uh, track with that stuff.
0: I know it's real, too. I'm sure Corey Feldman was uh, downloading to you when you were working with him. What did he tell you?
1: hundred percent. Well, I, I met him a few times and we, we had a billboard hit with uh, Snoop Dogg together, which was a blessing. But um, he he you know, he's a character, man. The first time I met him, he I'll be honest, he came over dressed as Michael Jackson. And I was like, you know, this is strange. And we were having like a, a listening party to some music that we had made with him. And he started dancing to the music as, like, Michael Jackson. Like, he was, like, doing Michael Jackson moves. And so I said to him, I was like, you know, I, I know you knew Michael. You guys were really close and stuff. I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. I got a huge uh, Michael Jackson tattoo on my arm. So I was like, dude, I love Michael, man. Like, you're obviously inspired by Michael. And he kind of, like, he whipped his head around, and he just, like, kind of snapped at me. And he was like, no. He's like, this isn't, I'm not doing Michael. He's like, this is, this. is these are all my moves. This is all me. It was, like, this weird kind of, mj programming that he had where he kind of thought he was michael jackson which is very strange so the the party ended you know i didn't talk to him after that and next thing i know he goes on wendy williams and all these shows and and he dances all crazy i don't know if you remember but he went viral for like dancing like michael jackson and kind of crazy um to the song that i wrote for him and that that was like the first time i went viral because I'm hearing about, you know, everyone's like, "Dude, you wrote that song with Corey and it's on Billboard right now." And he just went on like all these uh, like daytime talk shows and danced all crazy to it. So I was like, I was like freaked out for a, for a while. Um, and then I met him again, and he was a lot calmer, wasn't dressed as Michael Jackson. Um, and we 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 rapped about a lot of stuff. You know, I, I was very curious about his relationship with Steven Spielberg, um, a couple of other people. You know, Corey Feldman's like. You know, he's old school Hollywood, bro. Like he knows what's going on. And he basically claims that Corey Haim, um, which was his co-star in a lot of those films, was, you know, not only molested, but murdered. That it wasn't an overdose and, um, you know, that there was a sacrifice situation there. So, um, you know, a lot of what he told me, you can find him saying on on, uh, online and stuff. But overall, Corey's a really good dude. You know, I got a lot of respect for him.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so funny because like I went into uh, things naive, like I was like working for the system on reality shows. And then uh, a producer friend of mine said, oh, you should get your master in screenwriting. That's how I ascended to be a story producer. And I'm like, "Okay, dumb, dumb. So I went and did it and I got perfect grades and I loved my experience at the University of New Orleans, attaining that degree. But then when you realize that Brian Singer isn't putting a fucking wood chipper or publicly beheaded, and, like, he's like, oh, he's going to direct the next X Men movie. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Everyone knows what's going on. Put him in a yeah. fucking wood chipper with the fucking yeah. Epstein flight log. Yeah. Next question. I'm sorry. What's the next question in Congress? No, but you have Debbie Washerman Schultz with her fucking curly fry hair fucking running interference on the DNC again, because
1: that's the bridge troll that does it. Yeah. You also have to think, like, who would prosecute uh brian singer you know what i mean who would do that and are those people involved in some way you know this is a system of corruption that's this is not new this has been happening for a long time so how does somebody continuously get away with something like that well their dad or their grandparents or the older people that are involved you know are at the tops of their, their jurors their their um their judges They're you know um they're DOJ prosecutors. They're people who can control things from the top levels. Um, The same thing happened with the guy who made uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn. He was put on the hot seat for a while um, for some tweets that he made and stuff talking about, you know, molesting boys and this, that and the third. And the next thing I know, you know, he's back to it's back to work. And then you find out well, Guardians of the Galaxy is being produced by Disney. It's like, all right, well. You know, that's like the biggest child pedophilic fucking television network on the face of the planet. So it's all it's all levels, man. It's all levels leading up to the pyramid. And at the top of the chains are people who can hit the gabble and say, no, you're fine. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Disney's got the 33 Club. Yep. Anyway, what well, it costs $33,000 to be a member and have dinner there. That doesn't make <laughs> sense. Most dinners, even at airports, don't cost $33,000 to... I could go to the United Club for 50 bucks. Why does it cost 33000 to be a member at the 33 Club at Disney and all these dudes? What, what goes on after midnight over there? Hmm, okay. Interesting. Totally. No witnesses. Um, speaking of gaslighting and bullying and this and that, and this is going to get me in trouble with some of our mutual friends. I don't care. I don't care. I do what's the right thing to do because it's the right thing to do. I don't hey, fuck... I don't fucking bully people. So Rick Flair was on Kill Tony and Kill Tony was doing a ritual sacrifice of an open micer. And open micers, you know, I think if you, the worst sin you can do, like in, in music, for example, if some young kid comes right out of like college and he's like, hey, how, how do I get into music? You would open your heart and you would give, give a ladder to climb up, at least rhetorically or give him advice and this and that, what you had to do. Tony Hinchcliffe, he he will justify his position by shitting and making people suicidal by shitting on them so hard they get one minute. He's interrupting them during their one minute of stand up in front of the ring. By the way, Kiss His Ring. He made a special one shot. It went on Netflix. He redacted it after it got bad reviews. Kiss my ring. You redacted your special. Say what you want about gringo fucking poppy, that Brendan Schaub pilot dog shit special he made. Still on YouTube. One shot redacted it. Kiss my ring. I'm at the top of the pyramid. Fuck you, Tony Hitchcliffe. Ric Flair is the only non-NPC in this fucking whole thing. He walked off Kill Tony, and this is what happened. I'm
1: going to make this. This is is why. Come here, guys. This, This is why I'm leaving after I say this. No 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 sorry sorry. no 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 I have more respect for people that take their time to support any youthful athletic event by some of the great amateur wrestler. He died of a heroin overdose. Oh in two thousand thirteen. I know I don't hear that. I'm over that. But anybody that can take time away from their life to support kids and make them better, because I can tell you right now, from personal experience, because I believe in my heart.
0: So this open micer is a high school wrestling coach. And he said that in the setup of one of his jokes. All they can do is shit on him. I'm better than you. Kiss my ring. I'm better than you. Kiss my ring. If if you, if you are better than everybody, why did you redact your special? You did, and you're a bitch, so fuck you. So this guy, he's a high school wrestling coach. Ric Flair, boom, wrestling gave Ric Flair every fucking dime he's ever had in his life. Wrestling totally. gave Ric Flair his life. Tony wants him to shit on this wrestling coach who's giving youth a, chance, a a a positive road in their life. Wow. I've had two com- comedian friends in the last 2 months in fucking September and fucking August kill themselves. Okay? Oh. Wow. Two friends in 2 months killed themselves cuz of this non-stop bullying, justify my position, pulling the ladder up, shitting on everybody, saying I will ki- I would kickbox Tony Hinchcliffe and murder him I would I would literally roast battle him and then Muay Thai kickbox him I'm saying this on the record I know what I'm saying I would do that but it would have to be one after the other no breaks and a professional referee in every situation um and it would not be competitive because I'm a writer I write okay I don't wait for other open micers to come give me content for me to shit on them I write my own content by the way so, because I have God love energy in my heart, you know? Because I try to like when I look at my landlord, or when I look at my ex-girlfriend, or when I look at my sister, or when I look at my niece and nephew, I look at them right in the eye and I speak right from the heart. You know? And so um I I just don't get the, the you know, Ursula from The Little Mermaid, she was like, no. Those Paul Renfort, oh, I can help you. Oh. <laughs>
1: I can help you. I just need your voice. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to Disney and their screenwriters and the people that are, you know, satanic and have a, you know, witchcraft agenda. And, you know, that movie is very symbolic, you know, and we didn't really realize that, you know, I'm 35 years old. I saw that movie when I was like five. You know, I mean, nobody really knew what was happening, you know, but you're getting indoctrinated. And and I love that movie. And I and when I watched it now, and I'm like, oh, I love this movie. And I'm seeing all the stuff that was occulted in that movie. But it takes time to really realize. Like this is this movie's based in witchcraft. Like is a witch. You know, this is a blood sacrifice that she's getting from Ariel in order to you know steal her most powerful asset. Like you said, her voice. Um, you know, and all Ursula wants is power. And where is Ursula? Is she on the surface? No, she's underground. She's underneath. You know, I think they're all like in the same aquarium or, or aquatic space. But somehow when you go to Ursula's place, it's it feels like you're deep. You're like underground. It's, you know, a witch's lair. Um, So and the colors and the green and the smoke and the, uh, the stuff that they're, you know, when she's cooking in the pot or whatever, it's all it's all witch's brew, man. It's like, you know, you rewatch. Pocus, pocus. And you're like, well, is this movie about fucking adrenochrome? Like, what are they? I smell children. Mm, you know what I mean? Like all of this stuff comes back to you, you know, now that you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Um, and, and I feel like that's why, you know, Disney is for children because they're trying to attack people's pineal glands that don't have the information um, or the research to really, or the knowledge to de-occult what they're doing. And so once you get to our age, it's like, you know, they're they're powerless over us because we're old enough to see what the hell's going on. But they're attacking. They're attacking the children. And nowadays, their their witchcraft agenda is like full blown out there. It's like there's not much occulting happening. You know, every kid wants to be either Harry Potter or the latest uh, witch movie that comes off of Disney. It's like they're not, you know, uh, Moana, all these movies, they got the pedophile symbol right in it they're not really trying to occult anything anymore they're they're showing their ass so to speak so it's an interesting time man yeah and i just want to tell you another story i've said this on
0: my podcast before it's so important for me to say this not i'm not doing a hero story i'm saying how to be a good person and like i, I you know but i used to host the stress factory open mic in new brunswick and yeah. um it was when my special was being edited and i was living in jersey and i would host the open mic and fucking Rich Voss was always very nice to me. He wouldn't get on the list, but I'd I'd let him bump. And he would do seven minutes. And But he cared about the open micers. There would be like 40 open micers on the fucking list. And I'm like, go, 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 go. Bonnie McFarlane would show up with her emotional support hat, Ken Krantz, who also needed to bump the list for 15. And she would do fucking 40. And the wow. whole time I'm going, all these open micers want to do three minutes. The place was kind of packed because there was 40 people on the list with their parents and cousins and all that. So then Bonnie McFarlane doesn't give a fuck about anybody but herself. She comes in, does 40. And then yeah. all the open micers keep coming up to me going, "When, when when's my turn? So I'm like, hang on, let me te- check. I go to the fucking pussy ass manager, Derek. I go, give her the fucking light. He goes, no, I'm too much of a cuck and a pussy and a coward. I go, this yeah. isn't fair. Give her the fucking light. And he's like, no, I'm a bitch. I go, give her the fucking light. She's a bitch. Fuck this place. <laughs> Man. So then, they, then she complained to management and I never got to host again. She wow. punished me for her narcissism. It wow. doesn't end. The open mic is the place where the comics get to try out their shit. Yeah. yeah and so- also, I can't get my head around... The fact that Tony knows that the way you get good as an open micer is by, by starting. Amen. And to all you want to do is shit on these people for having enthusiasm in the craft that gave you everything you ever wanted. Again, yeah. Ric Flair, shit on the wrestling coach who gives kids hope in their life. He's like, I'm walking. Fuck this, man. Everyone in the fucking audience, everyone on that dais is an NPC worshipping a cunt. Again, I would roast battle, not be. Comp- it wouldn't be competitive. I would Muay Thai kickboxing. it wouldn't be competitive. I'm saying this on the fucking record. I don't care what bridges it burns. I don't care. I'm saying what I'm saying from my heart because it's the right thing to do, man. You can't. Yeah, there's- I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I just, I love screenwriting so much. If like people have given me their screenplays, I've read them for free and give them notes. I love the craft of screenwriting. It, 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 it gives, it's the tools to your own mind. It's, it's like a blueprint of how you can see morality tales in, in society. I love screenwriting. I wouldn't be like, this is your first screenplay. Fuck you. I'm better than you. How about every sentence I say is how much better I am than you and why you'll never make it. Do you write a lot of screenplays? I, yeah, I wrote six in a fucking pilot. Awesome. <clears throat> you know, but now I'm like pretty much a, uh, just a dirty comedian who, you know, does what he does. <laughs> I just That's did cool. some sketches with Harrison that I'm um, excited to come out soon. Um, How did that Illuminati Confirmed show go? Oh, it went great. I'm trying to get another one uh, December 8th. Awesome. So we had a pilot run uh, August seventeen. I think the next one will be December 8th at the Vulcan. But we're still kind of negotiating. There's like... Um, uh, people like cancel last minute and do this, so it's just like kind of like a scheduling type of thing. I think what, December eighth though is. Um, that's,
1: yeah. oh, where are you at? What's what state do you live in? Austin, Texas. Gotcha. Okay, you seem way too comfortable at that lake. I was like, he must be from here.
0: Oh yeah, no, I go I go to Barton Springs all the time. <laughs> you swam great. You're a great swimmer. You showed up yeah. with a Gucci bag. Terrific. You know, you're a city boy in the country, and you you fit in that- fine. All right, I know you have like six minutes. Sorry for sorry, I monopolized with such a rant, but it's just no, like,
1: good. I'm good for another fifteen, brother. If, if you okay. want,
0: okay, great. Um, go ahead. Yeah. So, w- in your experience in the mu- music industry, do you do you see what I'm saying? How people like get in their position, they get in their high position, and they do everything. Like Ellen DeGeneres was kind of famous for like shitting on her staff so hard. Like, have what kind of? Do you have examples of this kind of like toxic behavior?
1: well 100% man In the music industry it's very clicky in that sense because as a producer and a mixer there are industry secrets and there's stuff that you don't want to tell other people unless they put in the 10 years of work and get their 10,000 hours etc um especially if you're a douchebag if you're somebody like me I, my thing is like hey if you have the drive to wake up and fucking grind and fucking get all you know work a normal job so that you can buy this gear and then go home and produce and you have talent Good luck. I'll give you all the tips because it doesn't just take the gear and it takes the drive. It takes ambition. It takes talent. So that's why, you know, it should be easy for somebody to be like, yeah, man, I'll give you all of the extra curriculum stuff because there's talent involved. And if you don't have that, none of that other stuff's going to help. So but there's a fear in Hollywood, whether you're an actor, comedian, musician, rapper, whatever, in people who have had success in maintaining their position. And so they don't want to allow other people to come up. They don't want to, you know, be um, enthusiastic towards an upcoming comedian because confidence is a motherfucker. If somebody gets confident and, you know, has the ambition, has the drive, has the talent, then they could knock you off your your high horse and knock you off your number one spot. And so everybody's trying to kind of protect their own space. That k- kind of sounds like that situation you were talking about earlier where somebody's like, you know, they want to defeat you mentally so that you don't keep trying. Um, I'm not one of those people. Um, I definitely want to encourage other people to do it Um, because like I said, it's not just about the knowledge of knowing how to do it or mixing secrets or producing secrets. You got to have drive. You got to have talent and you got to treat this like a day job and fucking work overtime and work holidays. And if you have that, then you fucking deserve it, dude. I'd love to help you. You know,
0: it's, it's the thing of like, um, that's why Freemasonry was made because Anyone could build a building. You could tell them in 15 minutes, "Oh, you got to shave a rock like this." No, let me see if he like the the pay grade that he gums it is the knowledge he has. And what we're going to put him through our fucking dog and pony show. We're going to pour candle wax in his asshole just so <laughs> it's all insecurity. I want oh. I'm such a narcissist. I need to make sure that you've like given me gain of function. You to give me 700 blowjobs so that you're fucking M- MK Ultra before I t- show you how to stonemason. You know, it's just all insecurity. You know that everyone else is smarter than you, is better than you. So you're insecure. So you want to veil
1: knowledge, right? Until they're not going to hurt your feelings. That's a great point. That's what the Illuminati Freemasonry is all about. Taking knowledge, occulting it, hiding it, and keeping it within the people that are either part of your bloodline or part of this power structure, because you're afraid of what you know, uh, people like Eric and Nick will do with this truth and with this knowledge. It's, 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 it's knowledge spread out through so many things. It's knowledge of this country and how it was built. It's knowledge of thyself, thy body, thy mind. It's knowledge of a bunch of things. um, You know, how, how important your pineal gland is, how important it is um, your thought process and your thought patterns and how that shapes your daily life. So it's, it's, it's power that they don't want to just give away freely um, and yeah, you're totally right. That's a narcissistic idea. That's a narcissist, uh, a narcissist worldview. Um, and narcissism, by the way, is probably the worst disease um, right next to jealousy. It's like, if you can only see yourself, man, that's Satanism. That's what Satanists, you know, yes. that's, that's what they are. They're people who are a me, me, me mentality over everybody else. And so the moment I get an inkling that somebody doesn't have, like, the slightest bit of care about other people, you can just get that in a conversation with talking to somebody. You can just feel like, did they mention any members of their family? Did they mention anything but them fucking selves? I just disconnect completely. There's members of my own family that I have just completely stopped talking to. Members of my immediate family. Because they're so wrapped into themselves. I just, you know, and I'm a musician, you know, a rapper and you know, a producer in Hollywood. If anybody should be talking about the motherfucking selves for fucking 24 hours, it should be me. But you know, the moment you get the wind of that, man, I just say disconnect from that completely. Those are people that I don't feel like I can help. And so I just disconnect, man. I fucking hate narcissism. I hate narcissists. And um, and yeah, man, I it's it's so much more important to listen than it is to talk. You know what I mean? Like, it's so much more important to hear what somebody else has to say and, you know, and it, it, it played a little tennis, you know what I mean? A little back and forth, a little volley, as opposed to just fucking going on and on and on about yourself, man. I hate it.
0: Uh, And that's why I was so frustrated that day at the stress factory, because I was like also like not only with the the 40 comics on the list, like I was talking to some of the parents who are like, hey, when's Billy getting up? Oh, sorry. Bonnie McFarland's doing 39 more. You know, she's on her 39th minute and won't get off the fucking stage. I don't know what to tell you because it's putting the boot in the fucking chin of everyone in that fucking room and pushing down.
1: I don't know Bonnie McFarland. What would I know? Her
0: oh, friend? she's a cunt. I don't know. She's married to Rich Voss. It's just, it's just, and then to also punish me for trying to, to give her a word back of like, Hey, can you get off? Or like trying to talk to Derek Hey, get her off. No, I'm a bitch. I can't. <laughs> it's just like, do you know that all the audiences here buying drinks for their fucking kid on the fucking list? Are you headlining tonight? No, <laughs> leave. Or yeah. be like Rich Voss, who I like. He comes in, does six. Everyone does three. That's fair. He headlines there sometimes. That's fair. Don't do 40, 45. That's insane. She's Dang. trying to teach me a lesson about her power or whatever or her place in show business. Disgusting. Unfucking forgivable. And and people can say, oh, he, Eric's a jealous loser because he hasn't like reached his level. I don't care about me. I care about the 40 people on the fucking list doing their third fucking open
1: mic for three fucking minutes. That's what I care about. Well, I'll say this about success. Like, you know, I've been lucky enough and blessed enough to have a little taste of it, but I've been working my ass off before I got, you know, a number one billboard. I was making a new song every day and I've made songs about topics that were not going to be that financially profitable. I made a song called Adrenochrome. I made a song about Hunter Biden. I made a song about, uh, you know, the Clintons. I've done songs about 9-11 being inside a job. I've done a lot of work just to enlighten the people that may not know this information or even the people that do and remind them of this information that I feel like what I received back was uh, of karmic value, of really good. You know what I mean? So yes. If you're on your way, if you're on your journey and you don't feel like you're you where you need to be, believe me, I felt like that literally fucking six months ago. And all of a sudden, because you've done the right things within your life and you've helped people and you've been a, not a narcissist and, and selfless, the universe will give back to you. At least in my case, um, that's that's the experience I speak from, because the universe all of a sudden was just like, you know what? This kid's been doing the right fucking thing. Here you go. And it was one song that just, you know, massively changed my life. So my advice is to just keep working, stay on track, believe in yourself, and to just keep um, creating because that's magic. And that's the magic that the occult are really afraid of. It's just your what you have inside of you, what you were born with, your creative mind, your creative screenwriting, or your stand-up, your jokes that you wrote with your hand, um that is power so just just don't feel powerless my favorite song of
0: yours is tinfoil hat
1: oh awesome right on that's that
0: when that came across my twitter feed that was my first introduction to you and then it was weird it was like two weeks later i met you in person um you know so i feel like we were like at the same vibration and also the time in our life also we're similar age i'm 37 and we okay, were like cool. at this and then all of a sudden, like just creatively we're aligned and then we're in the rebels for a cause green room. And I was like, I, I fucking like this guy.
1: Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. That, that again was like, you know, that's not for anybody, you know, that's not to make money. That song wasn't to make money. Um, obviously tinfoil hat is like somewhat of a marketable thing with the Sam Tripley show. Um, but I did that to enlighten people. And, you know, within a couple of months after that dropped, I got a number one billboard plaque. So like, again, you know, just keep doing what you're doing and not just to you, to your listeners. Like if you're if you're on your journey, you know, just keep doing it, man. Just don't stop. You know, the people that I know in Hollywood that have had success, those are all people that were around when I was on a Bravo TV show fucking 12 years ago. They didn't stop. Everybody who I know who has no success today, they stopped. like, the you know, what's the method to your madness? Just don't quit, dude. Just don't quit.
0: Yeah. And, and just be have, be friendly with people. Totally. Um, Okay. Well, uh, I want to maybe talk to you for two minutes off air. So let's uh, end now. Uh, This has been Highway Diary episode 390 with Nick Natoli, my good friend. Thank you so much for doing my podcast, buddy.
1: Thanks for having me, brother. Anytime.
0: Okay.